What's up, everybody? This is indeed the E-Man. Chill like a villain, sing like Bob Dylan. Keep it on low with some double stuff. Oreos. And right now, I got a special treat for you guys. Super special treat, man. If anybody knows me, knows me that they know that I love movies. Movies are my, my lifeline. And one of, to me, one of the best movie trilogies of all time is The Karate Kid. And this gentleman right here played one of the main, one of one of the main antagonists of one of, to me, one of the most slept on movies in the Karate Kid trilogy, which is Karate Kid 3. But not just that, he was AJ Quartermain on General Hospital. He was also, he also played Dean on Bold and the Beautiful and Young and the Restless. And of course he played Karate's bad boy, Mike Barnes in Karate Kid Part 3. And I wanna welcome to the show, author he has an amazing book called way of the cobra sean canaan now if i mispronounce your last name I'm uh, sorry. You, you, didn't, you didn't mispronounce that but you mispronounced my character on uh old and the beautiful and young and the restless it's deacon sharp deacon sharp sorry and that's a, okay is that is it aj quarterman on general hospital aj quarterman on general hospital right that is okay. correct yeah and I'm, I'm currently on the bold and beautiful still yeah awesome so um, how are things over there in your area of the world? Things are pretty good. You know, I'm, I'm just, uh, I had COVID. And so I'm, I'm still trying to get kind of back to feeling 100%. Um, but I'm, I'm happy to do this interview because, you know, part of my, part of my routine is, you know, I, I, I do a lot of podcasts and things like that. And I, I took a little break because I just wasn't really feeling myself. Um, right. Getting back in the gym today. Uh, my wife and I are celebrating our 10th anniversary today, which is, amazing uh very blessed uh to, to to have found the right one um and uh you know listen life is life is really good now i'm i'm blessed and i and hey again i appreciate your time and um i this this is a treat for me because um karate kid three i like i have i'm the youngest of my siblings right and so when it comes to movies if they if they say something is a good movie I, I'm like, wow, because they don't like a lot of stuff. And uh -huh. so I remember when Karate Kid came out, Karate Kid 3 came out. And my sister's like, you need to see this. And I was like, really? Okay, yeah. all right. And I remember watching it and I was so blown away by it because it's, to me, it's so different from the, the previous two. And um, <laughs> Terry Silver is just like, one of, to me, one of the, one of the greatest villains in, in movie history, but also Mike Barnes is just so evil. You know what I mean? And yeah, Mike's a special boy. <laughs> it's 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 crazy. Um. So, but with any interview, I like to always start off with the childhood. So, I want to ask you. I know you were um, born in Cleveland, Ohio, mm -hmm. but you were raised in Western Pennsylvania. Now, I was born in Jersey, you know, okay. and I was raised in the South. So tell me what, what basically what was your childhood like and what movie or TV show inspired you to become an actor? Um, I had two loving parents and I was fortunate to have um, a lot of opportunities and privileges. Um, my childhood was difficult in the sense that I, I underwent a lot of bullying. And mm. or and you know, it's funny, I, what, what I'm going to say is actually um, part of part of my new book that's going to be coming out this fall, which is the uh, sequel to Way of the Cobra. It's called Way of the Cobra, Welcome to the Kumite. Okay. And I talk about how, um, you know, when I was a kid, 
you know, a lot of kids had, they had imaginary friends as, as companions. And for a long time I had fear and I hated it. I hated, I hated that, that part of me because I was, I was bullied really badly. And, um, you talked about your love for movies. I fell in love with movies because the local movie theater became my, my escape, my refuge. You know, I could go yes. in there and I could hide in the dark and it's where I was introduced to my first mentors, where I was introduced to, uh, Clint Eastwood is the outlaw Josie Wales who yeah. taught me about, you know, cool under pressure and Rocky Balboa who, right. Who yes, absolutely. About, you know, right. About fighting, being the underdog and Obi-Wan Kenobi who, who taught me about mindfulness. Yes. And I didn't realize it at the time, but they were not only mentors to me, but they planted the seeds for me to want to become an actor later in life. Um, so, you know, I, I, parts of my childhood were difficult, but um, they certainly weren't as difficult as a lot of people's. Um, but I, I definitely had some stuff to deal with. I was I was an overweight kid, which was really difficult and painful. Um, mm. uh, I was I was one of like five Jewish kids in my whole school. So that didn't exactly make me Mr. Popular. Um, you know, anytime you're different, anytime you're, you're sort of seen as the other, um, I think it kind of paints a a bit of a target on you. Um, but it also is what eventually led me to my first martial arts dojo and started my, my lifelong love with martial arts. So I I believe that everything happens for a reason. I think that we all have, (laughs) uh, Yes. You know, we all we all have a we all have a dharma in our life, a calling, that thing that we are meant to do. And yeah. everything that I went through has helped lead me along the path to, um, you know, to live my dharma, which is uh, as somebody who is um, hopefully able to inspire people uh, through my acting, through my writing. So that's kind of what it was like. Awesome. I, I can relate to so much of what you just said. Um and, and, and to a degree, like I, I had an interview before where um, we talk about bullying and I think we were all bullied to a degree, you know, because you're different. And um, especially in my high in high school, because I, um, I have a thyroid condition. So I went from being normal weight to super skinny. And there was like these rumors circulating around the school that I had a drug habit, which was not the case. It's because of my uh, thyroid. And it was really it was really tough. I'm sorry. And, um, yeah, I mean, but, you know, I survived it. You know what I'm saying? I think it makes us better. It makes you stronger. You know, one of the yeah. things I talk about in, in Way of the Cobra, and I also touch on it in, in the new book, you know, we could all benefit from upping our compassion for other people because you never know what private war someone else is fighting. You know, yes. here, here, here you were suffering from a thyroid condition. And people right. had no idea. And so they were judgmental about it. They had no idea the private war that you were fighting. And, and so, yeah. many, so many people are fighting private wars. You know, I, I talk about as a, as a, I guess, an example, you know, we've all had that experience when you're waiting in line at the grocery store or something and mm-hmm. somebody is just taking a really, really long time and all yeah. the thoughts that go through your head, which are pretty terrible, right? And I'm, I'm thinking, yeah. you, know, you, you know, you see an elderly person and maybe it's a woman and she's waiting in line at the pharmacy and she's paying with a check and it's taking forever. And it's like, you don't know if that woman's deciding whether she has enough money to buy her husband's cancer medicine or buy food yeah. for that night. And so if we all just take a breath and try and look at each other with a little more humanity and compassion. I just feel like the world would be such a better place. 
everything you're saying, man, I agree with, man, because I worked in the grocery store. And one of the things I realized is like listening to people's stories is that usually when people are, they're at their most miserable is when they're hungry or, you know, are they just having a bad day and they'll project that on you, you know, either that that or they're either that or they're engaged in fear. Do you know what I mean? Fear, fear. Yeah. Fear, unfortunately, brings out the worst in a lot of people. Other people rise to the occasion. But, you know, when people get anxious and stressed and, and, and fearful, um, they, they default a lot of times to their, their baser, less evolved behaviors. And it takes a lot of work to work through that. Yeah, I, I, absolutely, man. You're right. Um, now, I wanted to go back to what you were saying about being a martial artist, because most people don't know is that um, you were um, taught under Master Fumo, who was the Fumio. stunt double for Pat Morita. Is that correct? Or... Sense, Sensei Fumio Demara. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and, yeah. and I took martial arts as a kid. I took a um, style called Goju Shiren. Uh-huh. And um, I want to know how, how did martial arts impact your life? Well, first of all, what you studied is very similar to what I studied. I study uh, uh, Genbukai. Uh, which is about as close to what Mr. Miyagi taught Daniel as you can get. Um, okay. So, yeah, Sensei Fumio Demura was the uh, head of the school that my dojo later joined, and he happened to be Pat Morita's stunt double. And I'm actually going to his school to train next week out here in, uh, uh, well, he's in Santa Ana. Um, so my relationship Excellent. with him, my relationship with him has endured for 40 years um wow you know martial arts uh took me from being uh an undisciplined and um you know fearful young kid to having confidence and discovering um strength and um and compassion too you know i think part of being a, a martial artist embodying the essence of martial arts is being an individual that exhibits compassion and caring for other people. You know, it's, it's like Mr. Miyagi said, you know, martial arts is, is not for beating people up, you know, yes. um, the, you know, your ability to handle yourself in, in a combat situation is certainly part of it, but you know, people can start martial arts at any point in their life. And certainly somebody who yes. starts at 60 is not going to probably be able to do what somebody who starts at 18 can do, but that doesn't mean that you can't reap all the amazing um, tangential benefits that you get from martial arts, which, like I said, are, you know, self-confidence. It, it, it's, it's funny. It's something you can, you can tell a lot of times when somebody's a martial artist in the way that they do other things. And. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was, I think it was. Even in the way that they walk. Yes. Just, like, like somebody's mm-hmm. in the military, you know, you can tell. And I, I think it was Musashi. And he said, from one thing, no 10,000 things. And, and he, I interpret that to mean, you know, the ability to understand martial arts um, it, it also is the same way that you wash dishes, make your bed, shake someone's hands. I mean, it's, it's, it's with intention and commitment and an understanding of the bigger picture and, and that sort of thing. So it, it's invaluable what, what I learned from martial arts. Uh, absolutely. That's good. That's great to hear, man. Um, in your book, um, one of the things that really like resonated with me was when you were telling this when you're talking about the the time you turned 50 and you had this extravagant birthday party, Martin Cove was there. He was speaking on your behalf. 
it was great. And at when 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 all when all of the dust settled, you were like you felt like a certain way. Um, you felt yeah. like what's next, and it, it kind of reminded me of this fantastic movie with Bradley Cooper called Limitless, where mm. like there was a point where he was at his peak, and right. he was like. He was like at the edge of something and he was like, what, what, what next? And, and so can you kind of elaborate on that? Yeah, the, you know, feeling? I think it was less about being at my peak. I think what it was, was that, yeah, I had had some pretty good success and I had just been honored for this, you know, getting my star on the Palm Springs walk of fame where we have a place, yeah. but I was also still engaging in a lot of behavior that was not really consistent with my authentic self. And so okay. because of that, I still felt like I was a fraud and I looked myself in the mirror and said, look, you know, if you're going to escape mediocrity, not what other people think is mediocre, it's fine that other people think that, you know, I'm doing really well, but I knew and know what I'm capable of. I I realized that I was going to have to make some very significant changes in my life. And um, I, I did a lot of really hard thinking and praying and, um, I, I realized that I was going to have to let a part of myself die, a part of myself mm. that I'd lived with for a very long time to allow a better part to be reborn. And um, I made some very significant changes in my life and I had some extraordinary results, which, which still continue to this day. Um, you know, I, a number of things uh, that I changed, um, you know, like a lot of people I've, I've, had periods of my life where I've wrestled with lots of demons and I decided that it was time that I, I got them under control or not even control controls controls the wrong word because control is an illusion. And I believe that Mm. that, that which we seek to control controls us. It, It was, it was more a function of, deciding that those things that were disempowering and no longer serving me to allow me to be the best guy that I could be, were no longer going to be a part of my life. And it was hard. And I wish I could tell you that, I did it all with a snap of a finger and it was perfect, but I did it. I did it. And, you know, I've gone from a couple of years ago, weighing 235 pounds to this morning, weighing about 185. And congratulations. um, Yeah. Thank you. And, um, you know, uh, I, I no longer drink. I I'm very conscientious of my diet. Um, I, I, you know, I, I work out with a trainer three times a week and, you know, it's all, I, I, I also, one of the biggest things that I did, which I talk about in Way of the Cobra, is what I call the morning routine. And I was a guy that used to sleep in till 10 in the morning sometimes, hmm. even, even later. And I was like, what am I doing here, man? You're wasting time. And uh, I just completely changed my body clock. So now I generally get up at between 5 and 5.30 in the morning. And, I'm, go- and I'm going. You know, it's like, it's like I hit the ground running and it's because I'm full of passion. And I'm completely impassioned with all the things that I want to do. So it doesn't seem like it's not like a drill instructor banging on a trash can, waking me up. I want to wake me up. I want to go out and, and, you know, conquer the world. I remember watching a documentary about Dolly Parton and I think she's amazing. And one of the things she said, one of the things she said was like, she gets, she gets up four o'clock in the morning because she wants to beat everybody to the rush. You know what I'm saying? And, and, you know, that's a testament, just like you said, to just get up early and and do the things first, you know, is is a testament to her because she's 
super successful and she's never really had the change for anybody you know what i mean well I don't, I, I don't i don't know about that my friend i mean, when, I mean and by that i mean change for anybody by that i mean this most people think of success like an iceberg you only see the part that's sticking out of the water which is the success right but you don't okay. see what's what's underneath it which is self-discipline focus commitment sacrifice and that goes down you know that goes down 50 stories into the bottom of the water, all the stuff that it takes just so you can see the top of it. And I guarantee that if you asked her, you know, um, what it took to be successful, you know, I guarantee she had to engage in all those things, the self-discipline, the sacrifice, et cetera. Um, and all the failure, you know, failure right. is a huge part of, uh, of succeeding. You know, Michael Jordan has this great quote. I'm, I'm probably butchering it, but he basically said, you know, I've lost 300 and some games. I've missed 9,000 uh, attempts at, at sinking a ball. I've da, da 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 And he goes, all of those losses, all of those failures are what make me a success. And it's yeah. true. It's true. I, you know, I, 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 I probably don't get 99 times that I auditioned for a role. I don't get it, you know? And if I looked at each one of those as a failure, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to, you know, dust myself off and, and try the next one. You know, you have to look at all of these quote unquote failures as steps towards bringing you towards success. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, like, you know, she was, she had the change, but she had the change for her, you know what I mean? For her, exactly. For yes. her. Right. right. Um, there's something else in the book that really shook me to the core. Really? Um, what? It, it was, um, you were talking about how when you were in the, I think you were like in weeks of shooting the Karate Kid 3 and you had this pain in your lower leg mm -hmm. and you, you know, like anybody else, you took a few aspirin and, you know, this kept going, kept going. And then you felt lightheaded, you passed out and you were in ER and they had to do emergency surgery. And I, and can you, can you take, I mean, can you, I, I'm, it's, it's in the book, but I, it's, it's, it's really amazing because like yeah, sure. you went through that while shooting this movie. And I know all of these thoughts are going in your head and then people who you thought would reach out to you, didn't reach out to you. Can you just tell me how you were feeling that day? Yeah. You know, Christmas day, 1989, well, people were, most people were with their family and, you know, you know, going to Christmas parties and getting ready for the holidays. I was bleeding to death in a hospital in uh, Las Vegas. Um, yeah. I had, I had uh, sustained internal bleeding from a stunt that I did uh, on the film on Karate Kid 3. It had nothing to do with karate, oddly enough. And uh, I passed out from blood loss. And um, they took me to emergency surgery and told me they weren't sure if they could save my life. And um, they performed the surgery. And I, I ultimately had to fight my way back into this world and back into the film. Um, you know, they were going to recast my role, but ultimately decided that they had enough of me on film that they were going to, you know, shoot around me and use a stunt man and, you know, all, all horrible options for making a movie and for me after having gotten this part. And, you know, long story short, through a lot of fortitude and, and, and I guess force of will, um, I wound up um, doing every one of my martial arts stunts in the film. Uh, wow. even while, even while I still had, uh, you know, still had a very, very serious, uh, wound that had yet to heal on my yeah. abdomen. And I always joke, it's a good thing I wore a black gi because had I been wearing a white gi, 
you would have right. seen blood you would have seen blood dripping through it right and, that- yeah and you know i mean i think people always ask me is karate kid my favorite thing i've ever acted in and i don't know if it's my favorite but it's the most important and it's not because it introduced me to an audience on a worldwide level and it's not because it's part of you know uh um you know an amazing um fandom universe uh it's because i know what i had to go through to finish that movie and you know when you're 22 years old you think you're invincible you think you're immortal yeah (laughs) right and when you come face to face with the fact that you're not um it can be very abrupt and it was in my case and um you know to date that was still the scariest thing that's ever happened to me you know when i was told they didn't know if they could save my life and it it, it was almost it was scary, but it was like baffling. It was like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm like 22. I'm in great shape. I'm doing a martial arts movie. And, and they're like, you've lost a tremendous amount of blood and you're bleeding to death. So it was, wow. it, was, uh, it was psychologically, mentally, emotionally uh, an incredible test. And, you know, at, at, at least at that point in time in my life, I, I, I passed it. And... Hmm. You know, it doesn't it doesn't mean that I'm, you know, this amazing guy. It means at that moment, for one reason or another, you know, I, I was able to summon up with the grace of God and the yeah. the doctors and everything, the ability to uh, be here with you today. As and th- that that's a, that's amazing. I mean, how did that not jade you, man? I mean, because like they um they were going to recast you uh if they, they, the the um director. He said, well, if you don't show up in a week, we're going to have Brandon Lee replace you. Is that correct? Yeah. I, you know, it, it didn't jade me, but it was a very good experience because it taught me that with few exceptions, it's called show business, not show friends. Yes. And, you know, I was a commodity. I was I was an important cog in the machinery of getting the film done. And my value yes. to them was completely predicated on my ability to deliver what they needed. And so it, it was, it was a very early introduction to how pragmatic you need to be in this business. Mm. Um, you know, that's, that's the first thing. The second thing is I think a lot of that residual resentment that I had, um, I used in the character I used to fuel my performance. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I'm, I'm a geek, man. So I'm going to ask you a few karate kid questions if that's okay. Um, cause like, okay, there's a part of karate kid where in karate kid three, where, um, Daniel's like, you guys are meeting at, um, Mr. Miyagi shop and like he fights you and he slaps you. You're like, don't do that. (laughs) It cracks me up every time. <laughs> it cracks me up. Um, if you don't, you don't have to answer it, man. But I, I do have to ask you. Um, if you don't want to answer it, it's fine. But you work with like you work with Pat Morita, you know, um, Martin Cove and Robin Lively, and and Thomas and even Ralph Macchio. And and what's so great is like you were you, you auditioned for the movie, but you were a fan of it. You you remember going to see that movie? Oh yeah. What was absolutely. it like working being on that set, working with those people, man? 
You know, in the in the very the very early days of filming, it was very surreal. I mean, you know, uh, before I knew Mr. Miyagi, uh, Pat Morita as Mr. Miyagi, I knew him as Arnold from Happy Days. Exactly. You know, I used to like I used to like run home from from uh, not even elementary school. I guess I was in like early grade, yeah, grade school, and on lunch, Happy Days was on, and I mean, you know, I was like, like to this day. There's yeah. nothing you can ask me about Happy Days that I probably don't know. There's like five or six shows that I, that I know, and you're not going to stump me on anything. Like the Brady Bunch, Happy Days, the original Star Trek, nice. maybe one or two others. So anyway, um, so I already was, you know, wow, it's Arnold. Uh, then it was Mr. Miyagi. So, but I very quickly had to get over this sort of wide-eyed, you know, starstruck thing because there was so much work to do and it was so important yeah. and there was a lot of pressure. So, um, you know, what was, what was difficult was it was, it was far and away the biggest thing that I had done. Um, I was a very inexperienced actor. Um, there were all sorts of things that were technical that were necessary to know while filming that I didn't know from lack of experience that I had to learn very quickly. So um, it was, it was challenging. It was challenging. Yeah. I, I bet, man. I'm, and um. <clears throat> to me, like like I said, it's it's fascinating to watch now as an adult because it's like to me, I, I've Cobra Kai is the only series that I've actually watched and binged. You know what I'm saying? All four seasons, and so I see now after watching the Karate Kid three, whether Daniel Larusso wants to admit or not, a lot of who he is is because of the moments in Karate Kid three. I don't think he would have realized he had to you know be a successful car dealer if it wasn't for Terry Silver. Because mm -hmm. so you got to have money to to make moves, even if you're fighting for the greater good. That's you know what I mean? It's an interesting so, theory. So I, I um I, I just I, I I'm sorry. I noticed people ask you this all the time. Are we going to see Mike Barnes season five? Ah, uh, it's an excellent question. <laughs> One that I can't answer. <laughs> okay. All I all I can say is uh, keep watching. I think season five is going to be really cool. Okay. I, I, I can't, I can't, I'm telling you, but I, that's the only, like, I cannot wait, man. It's, it's so, it's so September good. 9th. So good. So, good. Um, so um, I wanted to ask you also um, about this book right here, which I got my copy right here, Wade yes. Cobra. Um, how, what do you want people to get from this book and how can people get this book? <laughs> It's a great workbook too. Thank you. I really, I really appreciate it. Uh, you can order the book on Amazon or Kindle, or if you would like to get an autographed personalized copy, you can get it at wayofthecobra.com. And the sequel to the book, which is going to be called Welcome to the Kumite, is going to be coming out early this fall. Okay. Where do I want people to get from this book? I, I suppose probably one of the most important messages is that everything you need to achieve the life that you want to live to show the world your authentic self, which in the book I call a cobra, um, yes. it already exists within you. Everything you need is already within you. Everything, all the knowledge that you need to become the person that you want to become, you already know. You may have forgotten it. You may haven't discovered it yet, but it lives within you. You just have to, you have to learn to let it out. And to yeah. do that, to do that, there are philosophy-based things that you need to learn. And then there's strat strategy and tactical things that you need to learn. And one without the other is no good. In other words, you can understand all the philosophy of life and understand all of its um, minutia 
but if you're not able to put it into action, it's useless. And if you understand how to put things into action and have the ability to take action, but you're putting it in the wrong area, in the wrong direction, um, you know, it's, it's, it's like a Ferrari going 200 miles an hour in the wrong direction. You're not going to get to your desired place. So um, this book uh, has some of the best information that I have that I've used to make monumental changes in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that it has the ability to help people make paradigm shifts in, in their life. And you just, you have to be willing to learn and willing to take action. And, um, the information in the book is absolutely, uh, an excellent path towards accomplishing it. Yes. Yes, sir. So I have to ask you two random questions because this is something I always ask all my guests. Okay. Growing up, what was your favorite cereal? Also, Mm -hmm. um, I, I went down your IMDb, man, and you were on the episode of Who's the Boss? And like yeah. one of my top three celebrity crushes of all time was Alyssa Milano. So what was, what was it like to work with well, her? Well, okay. And, First of all, c- cereal, probably yes. peanut, peanut butter Captain Crunch. Yes. And then I'd like to house it up with some chocolate milk, you know, kind of get like a, a Reese's uh, cup thing going on. Yeah, um, do you, wow. Do you remember Smurfberry Crunch back in the day? Yes, I do. Oh, it was amazing. Yes, yes I do. Yes. Um, that was a, that was a blue that could only have been created in a laboratory, uh, for the, <laughs> <laughs> the milk um, would get all blue. Yeah. Oh, um, so it was great. <laughs> so Alyssa Milano, what, well, you know, you got to understand she was a little girl when I did uh, the show. So she was adorable and, uh, uh you know, she was a, a, a terrific actress, um, who later grew up to be a very beautiful woman, but she was a little girl when I worked with her. Um, okay. you know, I, 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 I loved the show. I was a fan of who's the boss of Tony Danza. Um, yeah. and it was, it was wonderful working with Tony and Judith Light and Catherine Helmond. Yeah. And, uh, it was, it was a great experience. Well, that's, that's, a, that's great to hear. Um, and also you are, you're recently in a movie with Mr. Bruce Willis. And unfortunately we heard about Bruce Willis having to retire from acting early because of, um, health reasons. Um, what was it like working with him? And if you, if, if he happens to watch this or hear this, what would you like to say to him knowing that he's, you know, going through what he's going through right now? Well, first of all, I would say that working with Bruce was uh, a dream come true. I, I grew up with Bruce Willis in his films. Um, like, like so many people, uh, you, you know, he was somebody I idolized. Um, yes. He was, uh, you know, he was, he was visibly struggling when we worked with him, which was sad. But yeah. he has brought so much joy and happiness and entertainment to so many people that I would say to him that I hope this next chapter of your life is full of um, of love and family, and Absolutely, that yeah. you know that you you know that you look back fondly and everything that you brought to the world of cinema and beyond. And um, I, I just was so honored to have the opportunity to work with you. Um, I actually did two films with Bruce. Uh, oh wow last year i did one called uh um survive the game and then the second one i did was called uh the fortress and we shot both of those those in puerto rico in uh in 2021 and uh that's how the year started for me and it 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 got better from there which i didn't think was possible (laughs) man that's 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 great man and um um final question how did 2020 change you you know, 2020, 
was such a difficult year for the world. Um, I, I was very fortunate. I didn't get sick. No one I knew got sick, um, severely sick. And I, I just made the conscious decision that, you know, I wasn't just going to survive this thing. I was going to thrive, not just survive, but thrive. Yeah. And I took that time and I, I finished way the Cobra and I, uh, I, I, I worked as hard as I could to get so many things done and to be productive and to work on myself. You know, sometimes you have to, you gotta, you gotta adopt the lone wolf strategy. You, um, you, you have to kind of go in the woods by yourself and work on yourself before rejoining the pack. And yeah. I, I was, I was fortunate enough to be, you know, quarantined with my best friend, my wife, my soulmate. But in a lot of ways, I, I kind of adopted the lone wolf um, strategy of, I was going to, you know, work on myself as hard as I, I can. And there was a lot of work that I needed to do. And, um, you know, they, they say that the, uh, the wolf on the, the wolf on the hill is always more hungry than the wolf at the top of the hill. And so oh. I kind of, I kind of adopted that attitude of being hungry and realizing there was a lot of stuff that I needed to take care of. And, um, uh, you know, then, uh, I, I rejoined the pack, but I rejoined as a very different and, and more evolved version of myself. And so, uh, I, I kind of have, adopted this concept that you know sometimes you got to disappear from the pack and go lone wolf and uh remember this the lion and the tiger may be powerful but the wolf doesn't perform in the circus mm. that's true i never think about it like that but man hey i, I want to thank you for your time and folks can reach you at your instagram right at um it's sean sean.canon or you can okay. reach me at twitter which is at sean canaan uh, once again, you can get Way of the Cobra uh, at Amazon or Kindle, or you can get a signed and personalized copy at wayofthecobra.com. Man, I appreciate your time, and I, and I hope you have a speedy recovery. Thank you. And, man, I, appreciate um, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Good, sir. I do. And listen, thank you so much, and thank you, thanks to your audience. And I, I hope I get the chance to uh, shake your hand and say hi to you in person sometime. Absolutely. Are you going to do any be doing any more book tours anytime soon? Um, I, I don't know if I'm going to be doing any book tours at the moment, but I definitely am going to be uh, coming around to do uh, some different things. I know I'm going to be coming to um, outside Atlanta in September for an event, and that's on my Instagram. And okay. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm putting together uh, a comedy tour. And so hopefully I'll be coming to uh, South Carolina uh, is one of the places that I'm coming to and everything will be on my Instagram. And that's the, the best way to keep up with me. Did you say a comedy tour? Yeah, I do stand up. Wow. I didn't know yeah. that. That's so cool. Hey. Yeah. So that's, hopefully you'll be able to come if it's near you. Ab absolutely, man. Well, Hey man, Hey, again, man, I want to take too much of your time. I really appreciate you coming oh, on man. the show. Hope you have a fantastic day, man. Take care, man. Wishing you all the best. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Peace.